Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. If you believe that, come on, won't you make some noise in this place today? You believe God is still on His throne. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you believe God is still on His throne, come on. Wherever you're watching, come on, just clap your hands in that living room, wherever you are. If you believe that, come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Hallelujah. I love, I, I know God is, is right here with us. I've never felt his presence in such, such a tangible way, especially on Thursdays. On Thursdays, we've been praying and fasting as a church. I mean, he's been participating in that. Amen. I mean, he's been joining us online. Go ahead and just uh, lift that hand in the chat. You know how to do that yet? You're probably professionals with the emojis by now. Everybody's getting pretty good at that. And um, I don't know about you, but I just feel a sense of God's peace and presence on Thursdays more than anything, just knowing that everyone is joining in and praying with us and, and uh, being united and seeking God, and I know God's going to do some great things through that, um, in Jesus' name, amen. And this Saturday, as uh, Pastor Steve was talking about, our men's uh, breakfast is going to be at 9.30 here, and we're going to be set up, it's going to be like a restaurant, as you've been able to eat at a restaurant lately, it's spread apart, social distancing and all that. We got to continue, as I said last week, is to still move forward. We just got to continue to keep going. We can't just stop and, and hide away. We got we to gotta engage in life, be safe, be smart, but we got to keep moving. Amen? Amen. Uh, that's just the way it is. And so that's what we're doing as a church. And I know many men have been wanting to get together. And uh, uh, men, this is our opportunity to be here Saturday at 930. All right, you brought your Bible today. We're going to be in 1 Samuel 24. How many's been getting something out of this series about King David? Amen. Yes. Come on, let's get excited about God's word today. Give God some praise for his word. Hallelujah. We, we, we would be lost without God's word. I'm telling you, God's word is, is going to be and is the anchor of our souls. How many have come to know that during this season? I was watching uh, a video uh, testimony about Greg Mundus. He's our Assemblies of God world missionary uh, missions director, like our Miranda is for our local church. Uh, Pastor Greg Mundus is over the missions for uh, America, North America, and he come down with COVID, and he had a very bad case of it. Him and his wife, he really was bad off and was actually on life support, and it was really serious, but his family stood around him and just prayed and read scripture to him. And nurses were doing what they can do with the virus, and he was fighting it off. And it, they got, if you watch the video, it shows the pictures, and he don't even remember what was happening. But all he knew is that at the feet of his bed was his wife and his family just reading the scriptures, reading how God is a provider, God is a healer. How many know the name of Jesus is greater than any virus? The name of Jesus is greater than any division. The name of Jesus is greater than any political party. The name of Jesus is bigger than any giant you may be facing. His name is Jesus. Come on, you just got to learn to say that name and call upon that name. Not religion, but Jesus. And man, God just touched that man. And the doctors didn't think he was going to make it. And they showed him walking out of the hospital. Come on, walking out of the hospital, walking up to the front doors, 
looking into the camera, him and his wife, and he's just talking, and he said he just knows how God just saved, and his whole family was there, and just did a, an absolute miracle in that man's life. I mean, no, God still does miracles. God still does miracles. Amen. Well, we're watching, we're following King David uh, through a series here uh, called Keeping a Right Heart When Life Goes All Wrong, and this is week five of this, and this is a perfect example of, um, in the Bible, of finding yourself where David was faced with uh, uncertain times. Times were changing. Um, it was just fearful times. He didn't know what was going to happen next, and all he knew is he had a promise to be king. He thought life was just going to get better, and everything just went wrong. His season uh, lasted for about 15 years, and so, and we've got more scripture given on King David than anybody else in the Bible. And I think God did that on purpose, four times like this, where you can lean in and, and look at his life and see how he made it, see how he didn't just survive, but he thrived. He, uh, he grew, and as I said last week, not, let's not just go through 2020, let's grow through 2020. Let's grow through this season, and that's what God wants us to do. And, and this has been a testing of our faith, and so that's what David is being tested with. And last week we started, we, we were at his life when he entered the season of caves. And um, that's 20 chapters in the Bible dedicated to what this man went through in running from Saul and running into the caves. And so um, I knew I couldn't fit it in all one week. So this is part two of Lessons from the Caves. And caves, as we know, is a training ground. It's a, it's a place where God prepares us. It's a place where our faith is tested, where our character is developed. And, and that's what we're all being in this season right now of our faith being, being tried and tested. David had 400 men who we learned last week were, were just distressed and overcome with anxiety and they were just, uh, just not statistically the people you wanted on your team. And they, they went running and found David and said, hey David, will you have us? And David said, yeah, I'll be your captain. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm figuring this out uh, day, one day at a time. How many know no one has the answers? We're all figuring this out one day at, at a time. We're all going through this one day at a time. The thing is, you just got to keep going forward. That, that's how you get through it. You just keep one step ahead of your time. God said, I'm going to lead Moses out of Egypt, and I'm going to take you to the promised land. They didn't know it was 40 years later. Abraham, come out of your city, come out of your country, come out of your, your uh, family, and, and I'm going to take you to a land that I'll show you later. No one in the Bible knew the end picture from the beginning, but they all followed God one day at a time, one step at a time, one prayer at a time. And that's how 2020 is, people. That's how it is. It's, it's not about reading about the stories. It's now living it out in our faith. Hallelujah. And King David says, so come on, we're going we're gonna to do this together. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I just know God is faithful, and he's going to get us through. So they begin to follow David and went through the season of caves like everybody went through that season. And so last week we learned they were in the cave of Adullam, and um, they ended up escaping from that cave from King Saul so we're going to pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 24 as David and his men are running through uh, the wilderness. I, I'm going to get to two lessons today, two points today that are only two, but they're very important life lessons that I believe we have to relearn as people of God. And that's what I love about church. You come and you hear the word to kind of remind us of some things. 
Paul wrote in Corinthians, he said, I need to remind you of the gospel. I need to remind you of some things. And living in the day that we're living in today, we need to be reminded. From the sun up to sundown, we're reminded about a virus. We're reminded about all these issues that are going on. Some states are having a morning press conference with their governor. Then they're having an afternoon one with their health organization. And then in the evening, maybe the White House will give us. So we're, we're inundated with information that is all about, uh, it's supposed to be just an information, but this is an election year. How I many know everything is political now? Have you found that out? Everything will be political this year. And so all day we're told this, and it's just generating fears and all kinds of people. Well, let me remind you of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you that Jesus is still alive. He's still in control. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me remind you of that. Let me encourage you to, to find uh, messages on YouTube. Go to our, sir, all these messages on David since week one are on our YouTube channel where we talked about David taking down the giant. And at that time, our culture was just experiencing this racial tension. So I talked about the, the giant of racism. And so every week we've been following King David as it relates to us today. And God's just been speaking to our hearts. And he's been doing that on purpose to remind us that he's not only with us, but he's got an answer to our problems. So David and his men are running from King Saul, and they escape the cave of Adullam, and now they go to the cave of Engedi, chapter 24, verse 1 and 2. It says, after Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told that David is in the desert of Engedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all of Israel, and he set out to look for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. Father, we just thank you for your word. We pray you continue to speak to our hearts as we look into your word and as we are in your presence right now. In Jesus' name, everyone said, said amen, amen. It says that, uh, let me show you a couple things here. King Saul is actually doing right here what he's supposed to be doing. He's going after the Philistines. He's king of Israel and he's fighting against the Philistines. They were the enemy. And he's actually doing the right thing here. But word comes to him that King David is now on the side of the hills in the caves of En Gedi. And so instead of resting his men and getting ready to press the enemy, he now is all tired and he starts chasing David. And that's a lesson for all of us. Sometimes we're not called to fight some of these battles that we are being pulled into fighting. And you notice that King, da uh, King David is, went into this cave and Saul is all tired and he has to take a break. Some of us are tired because we are fighting battles that we're not called to fight. God hasn't given us the grace to fight them battles. God didn't give Saul the grace to go after David and, and chase David. He's supposed to be leading Israel and fighting against the devil and fighting against the Philistines. But he's so infatuated with what's going on in David's life and what's going on over in that person's life. Come on. That he ends up, he's jealous and he's wanting to be like him and he's chasing him. And they are meaningless battles that don't mean anything. They are distractions that are distracting him from his main purpose. His main purpose. River of Life, we cannot get distracted from our main purpose. And his, our purpose this year is to arise and shine and let the light of God's gospel shine through us. Amen. But he's in the flesh and he's fighting these battles that are meaningless battles. And so he goes to the caves 
of En Gedi. En Gedi, we were there in Israel when we got to go a couple of years ago, and we were actually planning another trip for next year. As I've mentioned, many want to go, and I, I don't know, we're, we'll hopefully be able to do that. Whenever we go, I want to encourage you to go. It's, it's an awesome place to go. It's one thing to hear about David. It's another thing to go and see the place where David happened. And so I, gotta, I want to show you a couple pictures, actually, when we were over there. En Gedi means spring of the goat. So there is water that is flowing out of the mountains when we were over at Israel. We went to this very scene in 1 Samuel chapter 24, and it has been untouched since the time of David. One of the very few things, places over there that you can go, and it's literally the original area untouched as it was written in your Bible. There's a picture here. This is a, a picture of the springs of En Gedi with me and my beautiful wife. Amen. That, is standing next to that water. That is the same water that the spring of En Gedi is for that David is believed to have no doubtedly with his 400 men cooled off. And so I don't know about you, but uh, when I went over to Israel, I wanted to be every place Jesus was and David was, so I got into that water. I was going to show that video, but I didn't. But uh, a couple of people got into it with us. Amen. Rob, Roger, I think you guys got into it with us. But that there it is. And then uh, not only was that water awesome, everybody was there, there was a cave, and this is the cave of En Gedi that is recorded here in chapter 24. This is the very cave that David and his men were in, a little history class, lesson class. And it's, like I said, it's just something overwhelming to stand there and to look. And we got our Bible out, we had a devotion, and so the last time I preached this message, I was in Israel standing in front of that cave. I, I, I just, you just got to have faith to see how awesome that was. But that cave is exactly where this story takes place that we're reading. See, this isn't about a, a story, and the Bible is not a fantasy book about people and characters that are like the Avengers that Hollywood put up and that a boy killed a giant. There really was a boy that killed a giant. It's the reason why I, sh I do this, because I want you to know it's easy for us to get some of these stories intertwined with Hollywood, and the enemy would love to think that they are just characters. No, they are real people recorded in history. God still heals. He does do miracles. He can change a life. He can put a marriage back together. He can put your mind back together. Come on, somebody. And it's important that when you read the Bible, that you read it like that, like it's the living word. Paul said to the Corinthians, I thank God that you received the word of God as it truly is, and that is the words of God. But anyway, in, back to this cave. So Saul comes to this cave, and David is already in. That's one of the larger caves, so we believe it was this actual cave because it's one of the bigger ones. And David and his 400 men are way in the back um, of the cave. And so... Saul goes into this cave, if you read later, uh, to relieve himself, to take a break or a bathroom break. I don't know. I mean, when nature's calls, it calls, even in the Bible. The Bible even records that. It don't leave nothing out. Come on. And so Saul goes into the cave, and he takes off his robe, and he lays it over a rock, and he goes and does his business, and there's King David in the back with his men. 
And God left all of this in it because we're going to learn a very important lesson right here. God just didn't want us to know that they did use the bathroom in the old days. There was a reason for all of these, de these details. And let me just tell you, everything that's going on in our life, there's a purpose for it. Every little detail, God has a purpose for it. God doesn't waste anything. Not even little fragments of bread, fishes, and loaves. He doesn't waste anything. He can use everything that's in our life. Anything that is thrown our way, God can use it all. So David and his men are back there, and David's men begin to say, Hey, David, here's your chance. Here's your chance to, to take out Saul. Saul has no idea that we're in here. And Saul has been, you've been seeing what he's been saying to you on Facebook. You, you've been watching what he's been saying on social media. He's been talking about you. He's been throwing spears at you. David, God has even brought him into this cave. I mean, what's the odds that he would be in the same cave? And so David began to get tempted to want to take Saul's life. And there's always going to be voices that tell us, church, go ahead and, and retaliate. Go ahead and get him back. This is your chance. Go ahead and take all that money from work. They don't pay you enough anyway. Go ahead. There's always going to be voices telling you, go ahead, here's your chance. They didn't say, they didn't mean that they were sorry. I mean, there's always going to be voices in the caves that's going to try to test us and tell us to do something that God is not calling us to do. Amen? That's the lesson here. And so the Bible says that David was thinking about it. But instead of listening to people, he began to listen to his heart. And the Bible says instead of killing King Saul, instead of retaliating, instead of just, I'm just going to go ahead and say this, and you go, no, no, no. He said, no, 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 no. He walked up, and he cut a piece of his garment off, and he hid back. And even when he did that, the Bible said in verse 5, that when he did that, David's heart struck him because he had cut a piece of Saul's robe. He, he, he just said, I'm just going to do a little bit so I can show him that I ain't going to do it, but I just want you to know I'm able to do it. Sometimes we want to tell people, listen, if you only knew what I really want to say to you right now, well, you might as well say it. <laughs> this was one of them situations. And David started to do it, but he stopped, and his heart was grieved. The Holy Spirit said, what you doing, boy? The Bible said he stopped and he restrained his men. This is the lesson, church, that we got to learn to stay sensitive on the inside when you're mistreated on the outside. This is the lesson from the caves here that David had to learn at En Gedi, is to stay sensitive on the inside when you are mistreated on the outside. Because, listen, David, you're going to be mistreated over and over and over again. This is a lesson that you would have to relearn again. People are going to mistreat you. Listen, River of Life Christian people that are loving God and serving God, you are going to be mistreated. Jesus said, blessed are you who are persecuted for my name's sake. It's a part of life. You're going to be mistreated. But the key is to keep our heart sensitive. That's why watching this stuff on TV, man, again, I, I can't say it enough that limit what we watch and limit our intake, please, because it will affect the, the ability to detect the sensitivity of the voice of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't yell. He will not compete with CNN. He will not compete with Fox News. He's a gentle, soft voice. When he came into the cave of Elijah, he demonstrated his power with earthquakes just to show 
Elijah that he's not in the noise. He's not in the hype. He's not in all of that. He's in the small, still voice. He said, Elijah, I've got to get you to learn a lesson in your cave. And the lesson for you is to listen and be familiar and recognize my soft and gentle voice in a season of turmoil. That's the lesson Elijah had to learn. Same with David. Because life is hard, church, and it will make you have a hard heart. It's just the way life is. Our first responders, police officers. I'm privileged to go and be a chaplain with our officers here. And this is before COVID. I wouldn't get out of the offices. Some of them may be watching. And we end up having a counseling session right there in the office where because police officers see so much of bad all the time first responders social workers people that are working in the public service you see the worst of humanity every day day in and day out and if you don't watch it it will begin to get into your heart and make you have a hard heart and make you bitter and make you angry that's a trick of the devil River of Life in 2020, we got to be a people that stays sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what fasting on Thursday is for, is to get down on your knees and to pray and say, God, I'm pushing away the plate instead of eating that big sandwich or whatever. i got to keep my heart sensitive. I used to work at a marina and I used to work on the boats, towing boats. And my hands would get so calloused working those ropes. And after a time, my hands, I couldn't feel anything because they were calloused. So I know it sounds gross, but spoiler alert, this may be gross. I would take a knife sometimes and I'd have to cut the calluses right off my hands. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you work in steel or concrete and that's the same. You got to cut it off. And you know why? So you can get back to the being sensitive again. Well, this 2020 is making a lot of us calloused and hard, so we can't even feel when the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I want you to come here. God is saying, I need you to do a little bit of surgery. I need you to remove some of that callous out right now. That's what God's doing. He's removing some of that callous off of our heart. Come on, just lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, make me sensitive again to your spirit. Come on, join with me online. God, make me sensitive again to your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Give us the heart of David, Father. People are looking for answers. And they're not going to find the answers on the television. They're going to find it from heaven and from us. We are called to be salt in this earth, light in this earth. That means we got to stay sensitive. Why does God, this is a, a lesson that David would learn over and over. He would have to retake this lesson again. In a couple of chapters later, he's faced yet again with another opportunity to throw a spear and kill Saul because the Bible says God put him in a deep sleep. Actually says that. But he learned from this lesson and he didn't even come close and take his life. He didn't cut anything off. Again, he's pleading, why, why are we retested again and again with the same lessons? I believe it's because it builds capacity in our spirit. It builds capacity in our spirit. David had to fight a lion, and then he had to fight a bear. It's the same thing. It's the same kind of fighting. Why? Because God said, i got a giant for you, David, that I want you to take down. But unless you get victory over the little lion and the little bear, you won't be able to handle the giant. So i got to build capacity, and i got to see that you're going to be faithful to me in 2020, if you're able to handle the blessing in 2021. 
In a couple of weeks, we're going to see one of David's biggest battles happen right before he finally sat on the throne. Can't wait to get there. But right here, right now, he's in school. School is in session. And he's just running around for his life. God will test us with the same test to see if we believe in the same answer. God will test us with the same test just to see if we still believe in the same answer. Remember, great faith isn't believing for great things. It's, it's how, far, how long you can believe it. Let me say that again. Having great faith it doesn't mean believing for big things, but how long you can believe it. When I first began to study the Bible, I studied the word believe. First Greek word, and it's the Greek word P-I-S-T-I-S. It means consistency in your profession. It doesn't mean that you believe God just today. It means uh, true faith is tried over time. And it's a consistent confession of your faith. That's when Peter began to sink. Jesus said how little faith you must have. And here God is testing David to see if you still believe. If you're still going to believe that you are going to be the anointed king, David. And David had to learn that lesson as it began to build capacity in him. And so he gets out of the cave and he, he looks at Saul and he says, Saul, here's a piece of your garment. If I really wanted to kill you, I would have killed you. Please stop chasing me. I didn't do anything wrong. And the Bible says that they had a conversation. They're on both sides of a ravine. Again, if you saw that picture, it's the perfect spot for where this happened. It's amazing. And Saul recognizes David's voice and says, Ah, David, you are more of a righteous man than me because you've done the right thing. I see that now. And by the way, David looks and says, where's, your, where's Abner, who's supposed to be your right-hand man? He shouldn't have let me get that close. David just had to put a little thing in there. He actually said that the next time. And, and David and Saul, the Bible says, even though they're on opposite sides of the ravine, made an agreement that he would not chase him anymore. And David and Saul went back to his house, the Bible says, but he didn't stay there. And we're going to pick up in a couple weeks or in the weeks to come that he began to chase him one more time. But David then goes and learns. Now, this is the second lesson in the caves. This is a season that David is learning. And in chapter 25, although Saul is out of the picture, David is, stand, is sitting there in chapter 25 at verse 1. He gets ready to face one of the toughest lessons that in his life. And it says this. Now Samuel died. Remember Samuel. He's the guy that anointed David. He's the guy that believed in David. He's the guy that mentored David. He was the first guy that David ran to when Saul began to throw spears. He didn't go to Jonathan. I mean, it was first, it was Samuel. It was his mentor. And his spiritual father. His earthly father, Jesse, is not even mentioned anymore. It's Samuel, because Samuel takes that role in his life. Well, he died, and all of Israel assembled, and they mourned for him. And they buried him in the home of Ramah. But it says that David moved down into the desert of Paran. If you read the chapter, David didn't even go to the funeral. He wasn't able to go, and he wasn't able to because Saul knew he would be there. And so he had 400 men plus his family that he had to provide for. 
But he lost someone who he loved. He lost someone who he thought would be with him to the ends of his career and would be the one that would finally say, David, I told you you were going to be anointed, and he was going to place the crown on David's head. But he died. Again, everything went wrong. The bottom fell out. And right after he thought he passed the test with Saul, news comes and says, David, Samuel is dead. He's about 21 years old when this happened. And the lesson was this. He had to continue to lead in a season of loss. Have you found this out yet, church? Have you found this out, people? And we got to continue to move forward. You say, well, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are a leader. Everyone is leading something. The hardest person to lead is yourself. How well have you been leading yourself during this year? Well, we got to learn to continue to move forward when life, when we're in a season of loss. The only way David did this was because of his relationship with God and because of his relationship with covenant people. Again, this is how David was able to be sustained even through this season of loss. He had a friend named Jonathan, as I've mentioned before, and when, Saul, when David began to really go through a hard time, he would find, look what happened to Jonathan, chapter 20, verse 3. David says, but truly as the Lord lives, there is just but a step between me and death. But Jonathan said, whatever you desire, I'll do it for you. Come on. Whatever you need, David. First, look at David. David said, there's just a step between me and death. Look at that. There's just, I'm just a step away from quitting. I'm just a step away, man. Death is right here. I don't know if I can go on anymore. I don't know what else is 2020 is going to bring my way. I'm just a step away, Jonathan. I'm, I'm just a step away from death. I thank God that he left that in the Bible. Because some of us might think David had an S on his chest. But no, God said, I'm going to leave this in here. Because we may impress people with our victories, but we'll connect with people with our struggles. <laughs> and David said, I'm not here to impress anybody, Jonathan. I know I'm anointed king. I can still smell the fragrance of the oil in my hair. I, I, I'm reminded of it. I carry a piece of what happened that day in my to remind me, I, I realize that. But I'm just to be honest with you, Jonathan, I've had it up to here. I'm a step away. He almost lost it, but he had people of covenant. Come on, church. He had somebody that would say, David, I'm in here with you, brother. I know you're going through a loss. I know you're going through a pain. I know your marriage is there. I know your kids are driving you nuts. I know your job, you've been unemployed. I know 2020's been taking a toll on you, but I'm going to get in the ditch with you, brother. I'm going to get in there with you. I'm going to lock arms with you. Come on, give God some praise for some covenant people in your life. That's how we're going to make it through 2020. You may be saying, I don't have any covenant people. Well, then you be the covenant person for somebody else. You be the covenant person for somebody else. You say, well, God, you know, it's, it's like if you, send, you know, if, if you first sow a seed of kindness, it'll come back to you. Sometimes we just need to say, I'm going to be that person. And watch God brings a Jonathan into your life. I've watched that happen. But it was Jonathan that locked arms with David and got him through that season. And that's why the enemy's trying to divide 
our nation like ever before. Every election year it's tough, but this one is a big one. There's all kinds of issues. And Jesus said, any kingdom that's divided will not stand. And the enemy knows this. Let the world do what they're going to do, but as the church, we're going to lock arms and be a people of covenant. Come on, you gotta, you got to have that attitude in your mind. you got to have your mind made up. I don't know what you may be beefing with your family or a neighbor or a co-worker. Listen, don't let that get into your heart. You need to at least say, God, just get it out of my heart. I repent of it. I want to have a clean heart. I want to be a person of covenant, God. I want to let it get over me. I know I've been mistreated, but I want to keep my heart sensitive to you, God. Amen. Hallelujah. And then he also got through it because of his faith. And I'm going to, this is to be the last scripture. This is, again, a lesson that David would have to repeat how to lead through a season of loss. And if you fast forward to 2 Samuel, David ends up losing a child. And he loses a child. And he cries out to God and he asks God to heal the baby. But God didn't heal the baby for whatever reason. David sat there day in and day out. The baby suffered and died. Happened in your Bible. A child to King David who was anointed. So don't tell me bad things don't happen to good people. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. And God leaves it right in the Bible to show how he overcame it. It's the same way we're going to overcome, overcome our things. And the Bible says that he cried out to God, the baby died. David got up, washed his face, went into the house of God, and he worshiped. And the people said to him, David, how are you acting like this? And he said, listen, I, while the baby was alive, I cried out to God that he would heal it. But for whatever reason, he didn't. But I know this, that the baby's in with God, and he's not coming back to me. But I know that I will go and be with my baby. But I love how it's worded in 2 Samuel. It says in chapter 12, verse 19, this is the scene of what happened. It says, when David saw that his servants were whispering, that David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, yes, David, the baby died. Look at verse 20. So David, what? Say that again. David, what? Isn't it something how we keep finding verse number 20 with the word arise in it? Has anybody been catching that? Go back to our, our, our messages on our YouTube channel from Easter, John 2020. It's just amazing how God has just reminded me that no matter the situation, he still called us to arise. Amen. Come on, you believe that today? Listen. Verse 20, it says, so David arose from the ground. He washed and anointed himself, and he changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. This is what he did. He got up when the news came to him, what should have took him down. He grieved and he mourned. Absolutely, we should grieve and we should mourn. And it's different to do it in 2020. I understand that. Many are having funeral services. I attended one Saturday through online. It's just a different season. It's much like David when he, he wanted to go and mourn for Samuel. He couldn't do it. This is just the same thing with us as a church. We were able to finally have a memorial service for Sister Alma a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's just we're in that season of, of trying to, to just make and make go forward. You just got to make adjustments to do it. David was in that same situation. 
And he grieved and he mourned, but he didn't stay down. The Bible said he arose and he anointed himself. I believe this is what he said to his boys, to his servants. Guys, I know it's bad. I know I prayed for my baby and I, know, and I wanted him to live, but for whatever reason he didn't. But I've been here before. There was a time when I was running for my life on the backside of the desert in the, in the caves of En Gedi, and I got news that Samuel had died. And my, my heart was grieved because he was my mentor. He was the only one that believed in me. He was the only one that anointed me. He was the only one that was my mentor and said, David, you're going to be king. He was taken from me, people. And he was here right now. He would, he would remind me of my anointing. He would, he would say, David, I know you'll have a loss in your life, but you're still the anointed. But David said he's not here, so I'm going to anoint myself. Come on, somebody just needs to learn to anoint yourself right now. 2020 is a year where you've got to do everything yourself, baby. You've got to learn to praise by yourself. You've got to learn to worship by yourself. You've got to learn to seek God by yourself. You've got to learn to witness by yourself. Come on, won't you stand with me today? He anointed himself, and he went into the house of God, and he worshiped. And he continued to lead his, his people to victory in a season of loss with a lump in his throat, with a little bit of fear and anxiety in his gut, how we're all feeling right now but we continue to lead. Come on, this message is for somebody today. I, I don't know who needs to hear this today. But God is saying now ain't the time to stop. I don't know what kind of loss you might have experienced. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's someone. I don't know what it is, but God is telling you he's not done with you yet. You need to fill that horn with fresh oil and go because I still got a mission for you. I still got a calling for you. I still got a purpose for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Won't you just lift your hands right to God right where you are. If you're joining us, wherever you're watching us online, come on, won't you lift your hands to the Lord right now and just anoint yourself right now through praise and through worship. Hallelujah. David was on the hot, sweaty side of the desert. He didn't have a nice air-conditioned building. He didn't have a Facebook Live or an Instagram. He was by himself. But he learned to continue to lead in a season of loss. That's what God is telling us. Let, it, let that anointing just come right over you right now, wherever you're watching. I just pray that the Holy Spirit will anoint you with fresh anointing right now. With fresh, right now, just a freshness in your spirit. A freshness of his presence right now in your life. Come on, get that calloused heart out of the way. Come on, just let that get out of your heart. Let the presence of God just come into your spirit right now, wherever you are. Right now, fill this room, Holy Spirit. Fill this room, Holy Spirit, with your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, just lift your voice. I know you may have a mask on and it's different in here, but we're in the house of God. The presence of God is still here. You can still breathe the presence of God in there. We're, come on, we're going to make it. David was in the hot, humid desert and still worshiping God. Come on, we've just gotten too comfortable here in America. we got to learn to worship Him no matter how we feel, no matter how we look, no matter what's going on. 
Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Let's worship. You got something? Let's just worship right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship together in the house of God. Join with us. Yes, yes. this place if you're watching us you're in the building wherever just close your eyes if that heart is beginning to get hard you're not able to define and discern the soft voice of the Holy Spirit listen God don't want it that way so he's gonna remove it and you just got to do is ask him father take it out take out the bitterness come on people can't be on your heart and on your nerves at the same time come on I mean I mean come on that's good right there 
Well, they're on my nerves. You don't know what they've done. I've been mistreated. You give them to God. That's what David did. That's what. If, if he had spears being thrown at him, we can do the same thing. Isn't a sensitive heart worth it to be able to hear his voice again? So come on, Father, we just right now lift it up. The fear, the anxiety, the anger, the pain, whatever it may be that's caused our hearts to be hardened. We don't want that to happen in 2020 in this season. We want to keep a sensitive heart, Holy Spirit. Cleanse me. Give me that sensitive heart in Jesus' name. Those of you that are leading through a loss right now, you got some pain right now, you got some tears, and you're moving forward, go ahead, just lift your hand right now. If you're watching online, just put your hands toward the screen. Father, right now, as you send Jonathan into David's life, I pray you send Jonathan's into your people's life. Send them into their life, oh God, that will strengthen them, that will lift up their hands and walk with them through this season. Covenant people. That river of life, let us be that, God. Let us be a Jonathan for somebody out there that may be watching all around the country. Father, we're here. Let your word and your spirit go forth. Carry us through this season. Strengthen us, oh God, by your spirit on the inside. We're going to make it. We're going to make it in Jesus' name. Come on, tell somebody, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> now what? Stay in worship all day? Listen, no, I don't know. Hallelujah, man. This is a year, like I said, we got to learn to worship on our own by ourselves every day. And, and take advantage of the season of us being able to get together like this, man. We're trying to make room for those of you that are watching online and you have your kids. We're wanting to open up River Kids. We understand that. But we're just in a season right now where we're just got to put that on pause. We are moving forward. We're going to continue to live stream on Sundays. Our men are getting together Saturday. We're going to try that one and see. We're going to keep moving just a week at a time. And meanwhile, God's with us every day, every step of the way. Amen. He's going to see us through in Jesus' name. Father, I bless your people. I pray your anointing and your presence to be on us. And God, your favor will be on us as we walk forward through this week. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Amen. Thank you for watching today. Hopefully this series has been a blessing to you. If we, you know, if we've ever needed to have a right heart when everything else is going wrong, it's right now. And so that's what we're trying to preach through this series and learn together as a church. And so we just pray God's blessing on you as well, that he'll keep you uh, through this uncertain time as we keep our eyes and our mind upon God. So God bless you. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.